I think I think we're live. If you are joining me, feel free to uh, comment on this post and I'll figure out if this is working or not. But welcome to another brand new Rugby Muscle podcast. This is my first ever live Q&A that I'm going to try and do um, regularly here on the group. If I'm doing a Q&A, I'll try and throw it up on the Facebook group, Rugby Muscle Athletes. You can just go, if you're not a member, if you're listening to this in retrospect, um, Go ahead and go to Facebook and just type in Rugby Muscle Athletes. There is a group there that you can join, and then you can join in these Q&A editions live. The group is originally set up kind of just to... Um, it's set up more to cater for the guys in Team Rugby Muscle, for the questions, for the support videos, for all that sort of stuff that's going on there. But I figured it's be it would be good to get a little bit of a community going, and you can join the already how many members... Over 500 members we have now on Team Rugby Muscle or in Rugby Muscle Athletes. So, yeah, you guys are more than welcome to join um, over there on Facebook. But for now, this is Q&A edition. I've got how many questions do I have in front of me? One, two, three, four, five. Five questions to get through. And they come from you guys. So I think they were in response to an email sent a while back. But then, as I said in the, in the previous podcast, I then canned the uh, podcast for a while. But now we're, we're back off the shelf. We're back up and running. We're ready to go. And we're ready to go with the first question, which is how to improve mobility in ankles, hips, shoulders. Um, it Everyone that plays rugby will take, you know, a, a, you can throw knees into this as well. Like people will get a lot of um, stiff quads. Um, and I would say that the... The chief thing that you're going to have to do is warm up and cool down. So many people just do not ever, they never cool down after rugby training, um, and especially after games. And it was something I did when I played a lot. I'd be like one of the only people and I'd try and encourage the rest of the team because, yeah, even if you've won or even if you're on a good winning streak, it's always, always, always good to um, get a good cool down in. And that means, you know, just, just, a light jog or of a lap of the field let your um let your nervous system take over and you want to try and just get the whole body in a relaxed state before getting on the beers um i'd say that is the most important thing people seem to be really concerned about recovery but no one ever fucking does a cool down um and it, that goes for the gym as well obviously that goes for everything Cooldowns are important. You want to get your body in a recovery state and that allows your, or that will start that process of, or that will, that will stop you from having, having tight hips, shoulders, or tight, any, any joint from being overly tight in the first place. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is, um, they have really tight hips because they just go, they go straight from squatting or straight from deadlifting or whatever movement they're doing in the gym. Or, or even if they're in rugby training, that you know they're doing lots of sprints, lots of um, contact drills, lots of lots of running, and then they just fuck off and they finish the session, and then they go and they sit in their car or they go and sit down, and then you're in a a bad place to just set all this tightness going on, and it's just not going to be a good thing. Um, so that's number one, cool down. Number two, or one point five, I guess, is uh, warm up. Make sure you take a good time to warm up, um, go through your full range of motion, um, hurdles and stuff is good for your hips, jumping and stuff is good for your ankles, um, and then just general rotation, general rotator cuff warm up, 
those sorts of things, uh, medicine ball work, throws, those things are all on Team Rugby Muscle, by the way, and obviously there's a cool down in every session for Team Rugby Muscle, um, and those are the things that are going to really sort of loose, loosen your body up, uh, you want to almost like lubricate the joints, that's going to be a really good way to, you know, improve your mobility in your ankles, hips and shoulders. The other thing that I think people need to do is work for a full range of motion. I can't tell you the amount of people that tell me they've got really tight hips or really tight quads and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take them through some squats. It turns out they can squat okay, but then as soon as they start packing on the weight, so they go from 100 to 150 kilos and they could, they, they, their squat ends up getting shorter and shorter and shorter as that weight goes up, that's not good. You should always, always, always lift through a full range of motion. Same thing goes for bench press. Same thing goes for pull-ups. Uh, every single movement that you do should be through that full range of motion. That is going to allow you to um, stay mobile the whole time because mobility isn't just a case of holding a position like a static stretch. Mobility is really about moving and being able to produce force through that full range of motion. So, you know, if your ankle is either completely flexed or fully extended, either way, you still want to be able to try and be able to reduce force, produce power through that and use and use the calf. So I think if you're squatting full range of motion, that's going to really help that. Same in the hips, same in the knees. And, you know, sometimes that is going to mean a decent bit of weight is going to be sacrificed. So, you know, you thought you won... I, and I'm a perfect example. My one rep max when I was 18 was over 200 kilos. That was because it wasn't a fucking one rep max at all. It's because it wasn't even. It was barely a squat. And so I think a lot of people get that messed up because they're they're so focused on the weight that they're not focused on the movement. And and um, that 200 kilo plus squat that I did when I was 18, I haven't even got. I haven't hit 200 kilos since. I'm now 30. <laughs> and so I don't think I ever will. Um, I don't have a need to, um, and what I was doing then was just pointless. It wasn't benefiting me in any way, um, and it probably led me to getting a few more injuries. The other thing I would think to do if you want to improve your mobility is uh, go see a physio. Um, you know, most of you guys here are training with a rugby team. Just go see your rugby club physio. Just like try and ask if you can get an assessment either before or after training. Like obviously the physio room at most clubs is one of the most packed rooms in the house and that's not a good thing. So trying to just get a good relationship with the physio and figure out if you can get an appointment in. If not, book your own private one. It is worth it to find out and see exactly what is tight and exactly what is weak. Um, you're always going to have weaknesses through your body and the more you can address those, the more you can address that tightness. A lot of people, um, you know, feel like they've got like a tight lower back but really they've got really weak hamstrings and there are so many different scenarios it's not worth me going into specifics but there are so many scenarios that can apply to you that are very similar to that and so if you get a professional to go and assess you go through you know it could even be a personal trainer um and work you for a full range of motion see where your tightnesses are work on those and um then see what's weak and work on those and that and that weakness should then allow you to be more mobile because the reason that you're tight it's a nervous system thing because your body wants to protect itself it doesn't want that weakness exposed um like if you take someone that's completely unconscious and they go limp 
um, all of a sudden, what they thought was a really tight hamstring, uh, that you can fold those motherfuckers in half and they're going to be absolutely fine. And so um, you realize then it's not a muscle issue. It's, it's, a, it's a nervous system issue. So it's protecting a weakness somewhere. So the more you can address those, the more mobile you're going to be. For anyone that's watching on the Facebook Live, um, feel free to ask any questions away and I, that will add to the five that I have here. And well, four that I've got left going on. Just gonna take a sip of my tea because uh, I'm cutting weight for a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournament I got Saturday. And this tea is one of the only um, liquid things I can drink all day and I've got to savor it. Oh, that's good. Cool. All right, next question. Types of corrective exercises uh, support with imbalances such as glutes, hip flexors, VMOs, others not firing when doing major movements. Very much similar to the previous question, I think. Um, just, just bring up the weaknesses. So if you've got weak glutes, try and do a lot more glute isolation work. Um, obviously, there is a case for doing um, like activation drills because that gets the blood flow through. Uh, helps with the proprioception, helps you feel the muscle a little bit more. And if you can feel that muscle, you can contract it better. And that means you can contract it better when you're doing the movements. Um, it's kind of like, you know, e everything that's kind of strong, once you've got blood flow through there, you can um, do that movement or you can contract that muscle better. It's why guys that once you've, you know, once you've put on a bit of weight, you can bounce your pecs, boom, 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 do a little pec dance because you've now got that proprioception in your chest, which most people that are weak, don't have a big chest, don't know how to do because they can't feel that muscle. And so you want to do that with each muscle that you feel like is inactive before you train that, before you get into the weights. But overall, it's just a case of getting them all stronger and you'll be fine. Um, hopefully that helps. It's a, it's a simplistic answer because it, it it's a simplistic question. There, I mean, each one, you can, you can overanalyze that and you can say, oh, I've got all these different imbalances and inactivities and you can spend 30 minutes doing activation drills or you can just get that muscle fucking stronger. <laughs> I, I, I prefer the latter. Cool. Question number three. I love the Q&A sessions. This isn't going to be a question. I love the Q&A sessions and I plan to participate more in those. Well, thank you. Uh, like I said, that's not a question, but um, I will answer that and say that's a really good start to take. Participate. Well, like when I run these Q&As um, editions or when I throw them out on the uh, emails that you can get by subscribing to the newsletter and picking up 50 free conditioning sessions over at rubby-muscle.com or joining the Facebook group, as I said before. Um, like, there's so much fake news. Fake news, it's everywhere. It's an epidemic, okay? Um, it is. And what happens is, there's so much bullshit information out there that we get really, 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 really confused. And we don't know which way is what. We don't know what way is up. You don't understand what, you know, left up from our right. And so I always think that it's a good idea to sort of have a few people and... I, I would say as a rugby player, you should let me be one of them um, to sort of guide you through that bullshit. And so you're, you're going to have, a, you, you know, I get it on a daily basis, uh, probably because of what I do for a living. But I, I, I hear I overhear it on a daily basis as well. So many people talking about bullshit diet stuff or, or bullshit training stuff. And, I, you know, I don't go in and interrupt them. You know, I don't interrupt the mother, the mother's meeting at Starbucks 
and saying, listen, uh, that bullshit advice you've got is complete crap. Don't do that, blah, 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 blah. I don't do that, but I wish I could. And I can with you guys. So when you hear all this bullshit uh, training advice or training advice that you're not really sure about or even stuff that you think makes sense, like use me as a resource, ask me, and I, I want to help being your guy. That's one of the main things I do with my online clients. I, I get fire questions daily. Um, Especially when, when my online athletes, my one to one athletes, they do their check ins. A lot of times they'll say, Oh, you know, homie recommended this. Is this a good idea? Or someone else recommended this. Or someone else is doing this. What are your thoughts? Like, should I give it a go? And then that allows me to say, Right, if you want to do this, here's the precautions, or here's my opinion on it. Um, and that way, you know, you, you learn to understand, and, and life just becomes a little bit simpler. So that was a long answer for a question that wasn't even a question. Um, let's actually get to the question. Um, the next one, number four of five, I believe. Yeah. Scrummaging training advice. First off, awesome for saying scrummaging, not scrumming. Scrumming isn't a word. Scrummaging is. Um, training advice. Neck strengthening, core, shoulders, and proper body shape. Exercise that will support a player in the tight five. Uh, the main thing is number one getting stronger like the stronger you're going to be the harder you're going to be to move no matter what um, like strength is you know it's a cl cliche but strength is never a weakness a stronger person it's always 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 going to be harder to move um, that being said obviously there's a lot of technique but if you can just get yourself stronger it's always going to make you better so never you know try and overly complicate that like you should just always be getting stronger. Um, I know I say a lot about being strong enough, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, now, um, obviously there's a lot of technique work that you need to do, and the gym is not a replacement for that. It's a supplement to that. It's in addition to that. You want to use the gym to help your scrummaging technique work because it's going to help your technique be even stronger. So if you can take a guy... If you take two guys that are 9 out of 10 technique, but one stronger than the other, then the stronger guy's going to win out. Now, if you take a guy that's um, you know, 10 out of 10 technique and a guy that's 5 out of 10, doesn't matter. That, that's when strength doesn't really make too much of a difference. It's going to help out the guy that's a 5 out of 10 a little bit, but it should, you know, it doesn't, just because you're getting stronger doesn't mean you can't get better technique. You know what I mean? So make sure you're still always practicing your technique. Um, and that's i mean that's the biggest thing those two getting stronger keep practicing your technique when i say getting stronger i mean for a different range different uh range of movements um but i'm definitely thinking that the core is really important your core musculature that doesn't mean just mean your front that doesn't just mean doing ab work it also means your lower back your middle back your spine um your erectors those are super important for scrummaging particularly in the front row um and you know that's going to emphasize it's going to help you keep your body shape your glutes and your hamstrings as well is massive because you're going to be holding isometrics and that gets me on another it gets me to another point you need to be practicing isometric contractions because in a scrum you're going to hold that engage for a long time and so by practicing isometrics you're, you're just holding that position for as long as you can or for not for as long as you can but for you know five to twenty seconds at a time and that is really going to work 
on those fibers to, to hold that contraction because you don't do that a lot in the gym you do a lot of cleans you do a lot of you know like one second um what's up pete ask any questions if you want um anyway if you if you if you um i've lost my train of thought typical add um if you learn to hold that contraction you're going to be better in a scrum whereas a lot of gym-based movements pretty much every single gym-based movement is a you know a quick contraction and then a, a you know, quick eccentric or quick concentric contraction so you you lift the weight um or you lift yourself or whatever it is and then you lower it down there's no isometric there's not too much isometric work there whereas an isometric is just holding that one position um, obviously the best one I can think of is, uh, on my YouTube channel. If you type in TJ strength, scrum engage hook with, and this is with a hooker strike. I will say that my technique in that is terrible, but it gets the principle across. Um, you're basically in a squat rack or you can be on a Smith machine and you're just going to actually, I wouldn't advise a Smith machine cause it might topple over, but, uh, in a squat rack, push that bar forward. Once it's locked in, you're going to lock yourself in place in a scrum position hold. Keep your chest up and really like fire your hamstrings and glutes as hard as you can. Um, don't fall into the trap of doing a lot of horse stance work. Like it will help, but it's not really scrum specific. Horse stance is where you've got, you know, you're on your quads, so you've got your, or you're on your, you're in a quad stance, so either your knees or your feet are on the ground, and then your arms are also, your hands are also on the ground. I wouldn't advise doing that because. Uh, as scrum specific work I definitely would advise doing it for core work but for scrum specific work if you're on all fours like you're not doing that in a game you're not doing that when you're in a scrum your your weight is completely different if you've got your hands to support you on the ground whereas if your arms are up in the air like in that scrum engage hold on in a in a um, squat rack then you're going to be more a, more similar to what you will see in an actual scrum putting your hands on the floor is nothing like replicating that an actual scrum it's your body's in a completely different position that means your um, lower extremities your quads your glutes your hamstrings even your lower back and your calves like they're going to fire different if you've got your hands supporting you you're going to project your force in a completely different manner so don't fall into the trap of doing that thinking oh yeah this is scrum specific it's not your arms are on the floor stop doing that cool last question in the podcast um because we haven't had any from the live guys i should probably gonna try and maybe i'll figure out a regular schedule with these i don't know we'll see but more importantly this cutting weight is rough i'm gonna take another sip of my tea you can definitely hear me gulping that through the mic sorry about that people anyway last question playing in at an elite level means you're potentially being tested for performance enhancing drugs would you be able to offer advice on how to understand what you can take and not take specifically around supplements pre-workout serms etc serms you shouldn't be fucking with i understand that it could be country-based i'm in canada but a general chat would be great supplements are huge now and very unregulated great question great question um firstly if you are being drug tested you, you'll, you'll usually get um and I, I've got a bunch of booklets, actually. Oh, I did have. I don't have them anymore. I have no use for them. But uh, you get booklets from World Rug. You get booklets from World Rugby um, saying about different supplements, and they give scenarios, and they give really good advice actually in those booklets. Um, so pay attention to those. But if you, if you're being tested for drugs, you should you should absolutely always get those booklets and 
make sure you read through those. But my advice, um, specifically around supplements, is firstly, supplements are not needed. You, you don't need to take supplements to be a good rugby player. You don't need to be take supplements to be in shape. Um, they can help, kind of, but as you've said already in this question, um, they are very unregulated, and I'll get into that in a second. But the reason that, like, I think I should address the fact that why supplements are so, like he's also said they're huge, they're so popular is because, um, like, the gym now, like, fitness in general is a billion, billion, billion dollar industry, um, as is the supplement industry, um, and that's because um, a lot of gyms stem from, you, know, you, have your, you have your subculture of bodybuilding, and that is all funded by supplement companies, like the whole thing, like, it's the only way bodybuilders can sort of be professionals uh, and a lot of athletes in general that would be otherwise completely amateur they get sponsorship from supplement companies and that allows them to be professional which means that they're going to be pushing those supplements even though they don't really fucking need them but if they're getting paid to take them or if they're getting paid to represent them then they're going to obviously try and tell you that they are huge and make a big difference but the reality is they're not needed at all but it's that connection of gym, bodybuilding, supplements, and it's, it's almost like a, an ever-ending money cycle that means that um, they are way overhyped compared to the results that they're going to produce. You don't need them. Um, but yeah, I even, uh, for my one-on-one clients, for my athletes, I actually have a, uh, a document where I lay out all the supplements that I recommend, and we go through them. We've got links of ingredients, and I'll get onto that in a second. But um Oh, shout out to Graham. He's given us a thumbs up in the podcast. That's, uh, that's, that's usually the lives are, we get the thumbs up afterwards, but shout out Graham. ADD is kicking in again. So let's go back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, supplements are not needed. Uh, you, they're just not there. If you need, if you, if I, you're on my, um, if you're one of my one-on-one clients, like I say, you should, uh, you, you get a, um, Graham's, Graham's like has properly thrown me off. If you're one of my one-on-one clients, you get a document that outlines all the supplements I recommend. And there is a list of supplements that are essential. And those are, that list is blank. It's just a blank page. And I put it in for a bit of a funny, like, ha, 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 you get it? But it's true. There are no supplements that are essential. There are just sums for certain recommendations or certain things that you want to do. And supplement industries don't want to tell you that, but that's because that's how they make you their money is by selling you the fucking supplements. So you don't, you, but you, the reality is you don't need them. So um, with that being said, obviously they can provide a little bit of a benefit, but if you're being really tested, if you're, if you're really unsure, um, then listen to these guidelines and that should even, that should help you take whatever supplement you think you might need. Now, I always say, number one is avoid proprietary blends. Um, so many companies will do, you know, they'll hide the amounts of ingredients, they'll hide, um, and they'll hide a lot of their ingredients under what's called a proprietary blend, and they might call it, you know, they, it's, a, it's number one, it's a chance to hype up the supplement, you know, it's the unique muscle blend or some bullshit like that, and that essentially means that they're allowed to then, um, so it, it's, it's used to... In marketing terms, or in their ter- in the company's terms, it's used to 
uh, to hide you know an advanced formula so that other companies can't copy them and you know bring out that same supplement problem is is that you then don't know what's in it um and there are a lot of instances where companies will put stuff in a proprietary blend and then they'll put some um you know they'll actually put some sort of steroid for lack of a better term something illegal in there and and all of a sudden you'll get popped if you are a performer if you're getting tested for performance enhancing drugs um or in general you could get those negative side effects that aren't very good and in general it's just not a good thing to take a proprietary blend because even if those two things don't happen there's a very good chance that the supplement just that that is completely that they've underdosed on the effective ingredients the expensive ingredients and they've just put put in a bunch of fucking rice flour or bullshit in there that then means that you, you know you're not getting the supplement so always avoid proprietary blends yes like some of them there is a positive like some companies are honest and they're just doing it to protect their own you know their own back their own brand their own actual unique supplement but that is so uncommon that you can just ignore that like it's unfortunate but that's just the way it is um so if there are comp so ideally you're going to buy your own um you're going to buy your own ingredients and just buy those raw ingredients even more ideally you should get a lab report from that supplement company um companies should be able to report or should be able to provide you a lab report of whatever supplement you want to buy um, they should also be able to uh, provide you a batch test to prove that that one is absolutely fine if you're getting tested like it seems like a lot right and a lot of companies might not do that but there are but that's fucking fine because you don't need supplements in the first place so it's it's on you especially if you're being tested and even if you're not because you don't want some you don't want a bunch of dodgy sides and you don't want to really waste your fucking money so it's on you as the consumer to get a higher standard for the supplements that you consume because if you like i said they're not overly necessary so if you really 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 want one and you think it makes a difference then you then you should find a company that's willing to give you a lab report that's willing to give you a batch test and that therefore you're guaranteed to be getting the effect that you want and then you can judge as to whether that supplement is necessary if you feel it gives you a boost awesome stick with that company or um you know keep um you know keep getting batch tests every time you buy new supplements yeah it's rare yeah it's rare that company's gonna do that for you but that's fine because the risk is especially if you're being a, if you're a tested athlete the risk is that you get flagged and the risk is that you get banned and you can't play rugby no more that's gonna fucking suck or the risk is that you're spending hundreds if not thousands of dollars on stuff that is just a waste of your fucking money time and energy so don't do it again it seems weird to give this advice because so much stuff around our gym culture and our fitness culture these days is funded by supplements and therefore you think they're completely necessary but they're just not if i had you know if i had 200 dollars of disposable income a month and that was it i would spend that on food i would spend that on proper coaching i would spend that on quality programming so i knew so <clears throat> so that I would know that I'm getting the right results. Those things are far more important than supplements. Um, and I think and pre-workouts, because because he asked this in the question, I'll, I'll just quickly address pre-workouts too. Pre-workouts are essentially just caffeine. Caffeine's the main thing that's going to help you um, feel like you've got a lot of energy. There are other things like 
they they put creatine in pre-workouts but creatine that takes like up to a week to get into your system so why you think you could take creatine as part of your pre-workout it's going to help your workout is just beyond me that doesn't work like that so um if you whatever workout pre-workout you want just have some caffeine in there and you're going to be fine um and that's it um that's it for the question. That's it for this whole Q&A. Thank you so much for joining. Um, if you're listening on iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts or whatever, wherever you get in your podcast, wherever you listen to this, go ahead and give us a five-star review. Screenshot it. Put it on your uh, Instagram stories. Whatever you can do, like it takes... You've listened to this podcast for 20 minutes now. It takes not even one minute and it helps us out a ton. Like, I'm really calling you out here. It doesn't take long. Just give us a five-star review or just give us any review. I'll take I'll take some criticism. I don't care, but just keep get, getting those reviews in. Um, if you're on Facebook, ask any questions in the comments and I'll answer them in future podcasts. But for now, guys, thank you so much for joining. Oh, and last thing, Team Rugby Muscle is now live. You can go ahead and get that and get your workout ready to start this coming Monday. Get a get a full rugby world-class rugby strength condition delivered directly to your phone by going to rugby-muscle.com forward slash team. You get world-class rugby strength and conditioning, including power, strength, endurance, conditioning, power, uh, I said power, mobility, warm-ups, cool-downs. You get questions. You get everything explained to you. Um, and it, it's $39 a month. Rugby-muscle.com forward slash team. Thank you guys for joining. I'll see you in the next one.